Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. We're mixing it up a little this week. We had, uh, it's normally Brady Collins week on the BBP, but we had Dermar Johnson and James Flight White on the BBP earlier this week. Uh, so we did an all basketball BBP on Tuesday. That means football BBP or football BCJ podcast on Thursday. And that means we are joined by none other than Brady Collins, the director of performance of all performance, right? Whatever performance it might be, you're, you're directing it. That's right. The mental, the the physical, the social, the emotional, you name it. It's our, uh, my favorite saying is it's, uh, You know, there's always, it's a a state of perpetual development. There's something we're always developing, whether it's your heart, your mind, or your body. So no doubt. If you are getting out this week, watching tournament games on Saturday and Sunday, the Sweet 16, make sure you hit up the Holy Grail specials on buckets and uh, get yourself some good food down at the Holy Grail and enjoy. It's uh, it should be a nice weekend out. I think we're looking at, like 72 degrees and sunny is the forecast I've seen for Saturday, Brady. And uh, practice Saturday, the nip, 72 degrees. That, that sounds pretty good. I'll take that any day of the week, brother. Any day of I, the week. I, I hear you were back in my pizza spot again this week. You guys are becoming very fond of Mia's. We are. You know, they they take great care of us. Our guys, they love, um, they love the pizza. They love the atmosphere. They love the hospitality. And, uh, you know, it's just great to get out and have the guys all sit down together and eat and, you know, relax after, um, you know, the transition into spring, whether it's, you know, lifting and meetings one day or practice. And so it's been great. No doubt that weather's going to be great for Saturday. That'll pump the boys up even more and sure it'll be a lively day in the nip. So we were going to give you the week off, but then Dave said we can't give Brady the week off because, you know, those guys have all this access to Brady. And you get to talk to Brady all the time. And I haven't gotten a chance to ask Brady some questions about the football program. So uh, once Dave gets done playing with his cat, (laughs) hi, Kitty. (laughs) I'm going to turn this over to Dave for the most part. I'll I'll chime in here a little bit when necessary. But I know know Dave has been excited to get a chance to talk to Brady because everybody else has had that opportunity at Bearcat Journal. And Dave hasn't. I have a bunch of questions that i don't know how much they have to do with football there's just more of like stuff i'm interested in knowing about but uh my my first question though is a football question and it's when you're this at this stage into uh a program you've been here now going on five years and you have this kind of situation where you guys have built it up to where it is and you get all these guys you know, that it can get an extra year. What did you have to do and your staff have to do differently maybe this offseason that you hadn't had to do before to kind of keep things new and fresh and and have the guys still realize that there is a lot more that we can achieve? Yeah. Um, you know, I think as a, as a coach and then just, you know, as what we do here at the university of Cincinnati, I mean, we, we never want to do everything the exact same. So, you know, yes, the, 
the program philosophy and the way we train, that's it. The standard has been set from day one. Um, the guys know that they know they're going to work their butts off. They know they're going to have a lot of fun. Um, they know they're going to do it not just for themselves, but for the guy next to them. And, uh, you know, so that that's kind of been set in stone, but it was, it was a unique uh, challenge and, you know, really kept us on our toes and, you know, upped our game as far as development and, you know, enhancement of certain individuals, again, with a lot of the guys that came back that could have, you know, foregone their extra year or could have left early and pursued the NFL draft. So it was really a challenge uh, bestowed to us upon from, you know, coach Vic from the top, like, you know, we can't just do the same thing and expect, you know, the same results, you know, and, you know, even if we twist this and do a little bit of different stuff here, like we got to, we got to really enhance, you know, and fine tune some things that are really going to develop these certain individuals, but also keeping in mind, you still have the, the goal and, you know, the whole team's heart and philosophy and mindset and where we were trying to go. So it was really, it was a great off season. Um, you know, we did some different things, um, really focused on, uh, you know, training some of those older guys, um, not so much differently, but just, you know, a little twist here and there of, Hey, instead of doing this today, you're going to do this, this, and that, and you're still going to be, you know, doing everything else, but it's just kind of like a, you know, a little different way to, to train you and enhance you even more. Um, but I'd be lying if I said, you know, no bias and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's amazing where we're at going into year five. Um, but again, it's, it's a testament to the kids within the locker room, the culture that's been built, um, the standard that's set because, you know, I tell my guys all the time, I'm like, man, if you just, just stand back and watch during a workout, I mean, the older guys, they're all, they're all over the younger guys. And, you know, the younger guys are, they're eager, they're hunger, they want to learn. And, you know, it's, it's exactly what you want in a program. You know, it's not a coach led program. It's not, you know, just quotes and things that we say and put up on the wall. It's, you know, ultimately, like coach says, it's what you promote, it's what you permit and what you put on film. And if you were to film a workout, you would see the exact same thing that you see on the, on the field. Kind of brings, you know, made me think of something too. Like how do you, as the head of the program from a strength and conditioning standpoint, how do you manage, like, do you set, the work, the plans for the player individually, the position group, does your staff mainly work with the same position groups? Do they rotate? Like, how does that all work from, from your standpoint as like the, you know, boss manager, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of it depends, uh, time of year, um, you know, what, what our philosophy, not so much general because our philosophy never changes, but like, you know, what, like this whole off season was more about like iron sharpens iron. So we had a lot of older guys, a lot of fresh young guys, a lot of guys that have played a little bit that are about to play even more. And it was just, you know, that whole fact of, you know, the, the guys that have played a lot and have earned that and, you know, worked their butts off, they set the tone and they're going to, you know, rub off the iron sharpens iron thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a base of personalities you know, I'm very fortunate. I got four incredible um, assistants. And, you know, again, we've all played college football, so we all understand the demands, the stresses, all the things that go into the daily routine of being a college football athlete. And, uh, you know, but it's uh, it's kind of a fun thing when you're the head guy and you get to kind of make those groups and, you know, put guys with certain guys. Obviously, 
you know, selfishly, I'm always going to have some certain guys that maybe I need to always have, or, you know, I got an older guy with a younger guy because we're trying to bring him along. And the only way to really do that is you work with him and you see how he works. He trains, he goes about his business. Um, you know, selfishly, I'm a big component of, you know, your quarterback has to be one of the strongest, you know, not only leaders, but workers on the team. Our, our biggest saying in the weight room and in the entire program is your best players have to be your best workers and your best leaders. Like it, they just have to. So, you know, quarterbacks, I'm always training the quarterbacks um, because, you know, you need to look down if you're at a different rack and see that, you know, those quarterbacks are going just as hard as you. They're doing just the same amount as, you know, not weight, but reps and pushing each other. And the intensity is the same because, you know, where, where do all the eyes go on game day? They go to the, to the quarterback. And so, you know, I, we're very fortunate. We got guys that they know that they embrace it. Um, they thrive in it. They're competitive as, as all can be. And, uh, but it is, it's, it's a fun thing as, you know, as the head guy to kind of make the groups and, put certain guys with certain guys at this time and kind of switch it around and stuff. And it's, uh, it's, it's almost like a, being a psychology guy, you know, cause it's fun to mix people around. Speaking of that, uh, I was having a conversation uh, with a, a certain uh, veteran defensive lineman yesterday or Tuesday after practice. Yes. And the, the name Dominique Perry came up. Yes. And I was told Dominique Perry switched into a uh, higher quality uh, group to work out with. And that, that seems to have maybe uh, sparked some things in him because I, I like what I've seen from Dominique Perry uh, so far, the couple spring practices I've seen. Yeah. I don't know if he's technically bumped up, but um... bumped into a different group to, to maybe spend some more time with older guys. How's that? Yeah. Um, you know, Dominique, or as we like to call him, Damo, um, he's done an incredible job. I mean, from from the first day he got here to what he is now, just like a lot of the kids do and what you, you know, what your program is all about, they're going to grow, they're going to develop. Yes, they're going to get bigger. Yes, they're going to get stronger, but they're going to be tougher, not just by weight, not just by, you know, how they practice, but mentally and socially and emotionally, all those things. And, uh, been very proud of Damo. He's, he's worked his butt off. Um, you know, a guy that came in, you know, just young and, and, you know, very raw and has had almost has had no choice because, you know, if, when you're working out in a group that's got, you know, a Maje Sanders or a, a Malik Van and uh, Marcus Brown, Curtis Brooks, those guys, I mean, you have no choice but to go as hard as you can. And that's a huge credit to not only my staff for developing them, but also to the guys in the locker room, you know, the Jabari Taylors and um, those kind of guys that help lead the way and, you know, push them to get the extra out of them within the workouts and on the practice field. Eric Phillips as well. I I've heard very good things. It, the depth on the defensive line is getting ridiculous because all of a sudden these young guys are developing and the old guys didn't leave. Yeah. Uh, and now, and now you've got all the way into the third string, like starter quality guys or at yeah. least reserve quality guys. Yeah. I was talking with uh, coach Vic at the middle of the field uh, at the end of practice. I was like, man, it's, we we're pretty blessed right there. And you know, it's, it's, again, it's a unique challenge because you want to get guys in the best position, 
you want to rotate a bunch of guys. You want to keep them fresh. You want to, um, you know, keep bringing the heat from all different angles and put guys in the best position to help the defense and help the entire team. And um, just extremely proud of that whole unit. Yeah. Eric Phillips is another guy that, you know, is really practicing really well right now. And, um, you know, that's a testament to his work ethic that he's put in this past winter and just the older guys bringing him on and coach Scruggs coaching him up and um, really excited about the, uh, the outcome that that D line could produce. I'm going to turn it back over to Dave, but I have to ask one other thing. Yes. Did you, did you see Jawan Briggs spike Cam Jones Tuesday? And if so, what was your reaction? <laughs> of course I see everything and we're going to have to get you on the new nickname. It's not Juwan, it's Big Juan. Big Juan. So big Juan. Okay. Big Juan. When you like, say like Juan, Big Perm? Yeah, when you say Juan, it's not like Juan. It's more like Big Juan. You know, it's got, <laughs> it's got like... Uh, yes, he is obviously a very explosive, a very strong, powerful human being who, you know, again, when he got to us, he was uh, under 290. And then just through the evolution of training and eating and, you know, doing all the extra things that he did, he, he blew up. And uh, so now it's been really exciting to watch him. Uh, he's a great kid, a great human being, um, been a great addition to the D-line room, to the entire team. And, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty impressive to see him, you know, push some bodies around and all that stuff. But, uh, you know. To explain further, with one arm, he completely put a man that is six foot eight, 310 pounds into the ground. And I thought we were going to have to dig him out. <laughs> hey, just, uh, just, you know, two guys going at it hard, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know what the film showed, but hopefully, you know, big cam got, got the best of them the next play, but um, you know, that's only going to make big cam better in the long run. And, you know, been really proud and happy with him and, you know, finally making the move to O-line and he's really dug in and, you know, he's, he's all in about it and competing his ass off. And I think he's going to turn out to be a really, really special player for us. So just like a physician coach has, you know, their core principles, the things that they look for in players, the things that their position group is built on from a strength standpoint, like what are some of your core principles as far as the way you set up programs for different players or position groups or whatnot like you know is it heavy weights is it heavy reps cardio a little bit of everything like what when you know when you set things up like what is the things that you always hold to is like this is what works this is what's important to us yeah I mean you know we don't really individualize a lot of things I mean you know you you, you, you have your time when you can really do that like I said this offseason kind of presented us with some new challenges and opportunities to do certain things with certain guys. Um, but you know, you never really want to individualize anyone from the team because I'm a big component of, you know, when the workout's going, if I'm a guy at a different rack and I look down and I see somebody doing something kind of different, I'm going to be like, well, you know, why, why is he doing that? And I'm doing this. But at the same time, you know, granted, we're in a position now where, you know, the Kobe Bryant's, the Des Ritters, um, they've played a lot of ball for us. They've been here a lot of time. They've, they've put that work in. They've, they don't have to prove anything to me, to anybody in this building. And so selfishly, it's kind of like, you know, for a young guy, look, there, there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. When you get to a certain degree in the program, 
you know, maybe there's some different things you might be doing. You're still going to work your butt off. You're still going to train hard. You're still going to push each other and get the best out of one another. But maybe it's a, just got a little twist to it. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier, it's, it's all about that perpetual development. Like, you know, you can never be comfortable. And, uh, you know, our favorite saying around here is we train and we play to be comfortable in uncomfortable times, which is really crazy when you think about it. But, you know, that's that's the game of football. That's life. It's never going to go the way you want it to go. It's never going to be as smooth. And, you know, you might watch on film and see this play and think it's going to happen. What's well, not going to happen just the way it did. And uh, so, you know, there's just fine tuning some things. Um but really, you know, when we develop players, when we train players, yes, we're pushing their bodies, we're pushing their minds to the limit. But, you know, what we really try to do here is we try to capture their hearts because ultimately that's how you win championships. You know, um, I, you know, again, I know I would be biased by saying it, but I love our guys. I love our program. I, I just, you know, when you sit back and you just kind of watch, I mean, they go so hard and they don't go hard because we ask them to. They go hard for one another. And, you know, in return, if we didn't reward them in some way, somehow, then, you know, we'd be screwing them. And I think they know that and they respect that and they love that. And it's uh, it's just a program that's built on trust, respect and love. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's awesome to be a part of. The NFL draft is a little over a month away. What is your involvement? Not so much from like a training standpoint, because we know that a lot of the guys now they go to the performance places and stuff like that but because of how much time you spend with them that the coaches aren't allowed to spend or you know that this is probably the time of year when NFL teams are reaching out to you to gather their info what is that experience like talking to different teams and the questions that they you know ask you guys you know about a player yeah I mean you know it's the it's the typical routine you know they ask about their work ethic, you know, how they are inside the locker room, outside the locker room, um, you know, their families and, you know, just all they want to, they want to try to get as many boxes checked as they can. And, you know, obviously with the COVID situation and, you know, not being able to have uh, one-on-one meetings, doing everything virtually and, you know, that kind of amps it up even more because they got to really do their homework, but, you know, it's, I always sound like a broken record. Sometimes I always tell, you know, anybody I talk to, I probably sound like I'm, you know, just pumping up everybody, but again, no bias. I just, I love our guys. Like, you know, if, if uh, they ask me questions, I, you know, I'm going to have the answers to them. Um, You know, been fortunate to build those relationships with those guys and, you know, know how they tick, know, know how they work, know their family, know their upbringing, all those things. And, um, you know, we just want to promote, uh, the best and pump our guys up the most because, you know, we're so fortunate for what they did for us here at the university of Cincinnati. And we, we want to see them continue on at the next level. And even when the next level is done, we want to see them continue on in life, you know, being a great father, being a great husband, uh, being a great, you know, uh, teacher, businessman, whatever it is that they want to do. So um, I, I enjoy it. I know a lot of people don't like talking to people, um, talking to the scouts, doing those kinds of things, but I love it. Anytime I get to talk about our guys, I'm all about it. So this is kind of an NFL draft question, but probably not until next year. It's the one thing about Ahmad Gardner that I want to know because it's the one thing I think has the biggest factor for his 
draft status, whenever he does declare for the draft, I think it'll be after next year, but who knows? What is his 40 time? Hmm. He ran really, really well. About just say that really, really well. Ran really, really, really well. Comparable with the top two guys that are going to be picked first. And that's, uh, that's uh, what, what JC Horn and Patrick Sertan threw down is uh, that's, that's pretty that's damn right. good. Then they uh, they threw up a graphic, you know, who's going to be the number one corner. And you know, they had uh, JC Horn and Patrick Sertan stats and their measurables all next to each other. And actually, I sent it to Kobe, I sent it to um, Ahmad, I think it was last night. And I said, what's, what's the main outlier that we see here? Because, you know, J.C. Horn was six foot, 205. Patrick Sertan was 6'2", 208. And, you know, you got Kobe, who's 6'1", 195. You got Ahmad, who's 6'2 193. And I said, you know, what do you see? And they said, both of them, they were like body weight. And I was like, you're damn right. So, obviously, you know, Ahmad's done a great job putting on weight. Kobe's always been a guy that has held his weight and – really solidifies and plays extremely well at his weight. You know, it was kind of like a little, a little uh, motivation that, all right, Ahmad, you can hold 205. Hey, Kobe, let's be 200. So um, I loved it. I love uh, seeing that stuff, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he tested really, really, really well. I like to hear, I, I mean, I'm a big draft dork anyway, but like the stuff the Penn state guys put up today is just like, it just boggles your mind that false that dudes at, at this, like that's just not a thing that I can remember. Like was joking with some of my friends. I mean, we were only like 20 years out of high school and, and these six, six, five, two fifty, four, three, six, eleven foot broad jump, 42, you know, 35, 36 inch vertical. Like I just don't know. I mean, it's, it's nuts. You guys see it every day, but like for, for us just kind of on the outside, we're like, it's like not human. Yeah. I mean, there's uh genetics and, you know, the type of athletes that are out there today. It's, it's amazing. And uh, you know, that's a fun and uh, challenging position for us because you got to enhance it. You got to make them better. And, you know, it's not always just about getting them faster because a lot of people always worry about that. And the number one way to get faster is you get stronger. It's not rocket science. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, just like you, you see it. I know all of our kids see it. So again, it's just more motivation for us, more motivation individually as a team. And, uh, you know, we already have a big uh, chip on our shoulders and I know that'll just kind of be a little extra ammo for uh, certain guys to use. Who is pound for pound the strongest Bearcat? Oh man, right now? Sure. Juwan uh, Briggs. No, <laughs> big no. Juan. No, big no. Juan. Pound, pound for pound. I mean, pound for pound, the strongest guy on the team is uh, probably Trey Tucker. Pound for pound. That's who. I, that's who I would have guessed. Yep, pound for pound, Trey Tucker. I mean, he is. Because what? What is Trey weigh? Like one? What is he? One? He's like 170, 172. You know, he's, he's not going to be. Yeah, he's not using like bench as a 225 like they would for a combine. Like he's probably in the 20 reps, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say he's in the 20 reps, but you know, I mean, Trey, Trey's just one of those guys. I mean, a, a, a unbelievable teammate gets the best out of anybody he's training with. Um, 
you know, I, we, we all call him the muscle hamster. I call him the pit bull. He's got many nicknames, but, uh, you know, he just, he's, he's a pleasure, pleasure to train. Um, very strong, very explosive, can jump through the roof, can squat a house, can, you know, move weight fast, all those things that you really want. And then obviously he plays football really, really well, which, you know, a lot of times people kind of lose sight of like, yes, you know, even though we get the realm or not the realm, but the, uh, you know, the, the label of being meatheads and all this stuff, like, yes, we love seeing heavy squats and bench and all that stuff, but we really love seeing people play football really, really well. So when they can kind of do both, it makes it even better. But, you know, uh, Trey is by far the pound for pound, the strongest guy on the team. So I have some, just some rapid fire questions for you then. Not necessarily could be about anything, actually. Most like <laughs> player most likely to become director of sports performance. Hmm. I'll go. Uh, let's go Jabari Taylor, Vinnie McConnell, and Ryan Royer. Royer just screams strength coach. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> Yes, he does. Now he's an engineering major, isn't he? I believe he is. Yes, he's one of those uh, John Williams, Alec Pierce, above and beyond guys. Who, who wins a chicken eating chicken wing eating contest? Ooh, not timed like volume. Volume. Hmm. Oh boy. Let's say. Uh, oh boy. We'll go with uh, Joey Grober, a walk-on O-lineman. Okay. I always like the food ones. I remember one of the first times we talked was when my Jay was a freshman and you told Chad and I out at higher ground. Oh yes. What his diet was. So who, who do you, would you say like eats the most that you have eating the most on average and what is their daily intake? Oh man. Um, I mean, obviously, Maje, because he's such a genetic freak. Is he still, uh, is he t- still two plates of everything? I mean, again, Maje's the type of guy, hey, you, you can never eat enough. You can never eat enough because his metabolism is that of, like, Usain Bolt. His uh, work capacity, the way he goes, I mean, his motor is through the roof. So he, he can never not have enough food in him. And, you know, that's... It's hard to eat when you think you're full, but you got to keep eating and then take a little break and then eat some more later. But um, yeah, I would say him. How big it like, because the, you know, we, these guys are just in insane shape and they, they have all this, this stuff going for them, but like how big is recovery and how much do you have to kind of stay on them? Cause like when they go back to their apartments or whatever, they just want to, you know, relax and, but they still need to get the right amount of sleep. They still need to keep drinking. Like how, how much from like when you kind of played and then morphed into became into your first elements of being a strength coach to where it is today, how much bigger has recovery become part of the process? Oh, it's huge. Um, I would even say within, you know, our five years here, I mean, I think in uh, the 2018 season prepping up to it, we uh, actually programmed and designed a full recovery day, 
which I had never been a part of in all of my years of being an assistant strength coach. And, you know, again, that was one of those days that you deem to really take care of the guys. I mean, whether it's stations um, of all, you know, mobility, uh, stability, recovery stuff, hot, cold tubs, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and it, it started off as something that, you know, we just really wanted to take care of them. And now it's turned into a day where the guys, they love it. You know, they come in, they're just as excited for that as they are for a squat fest. But it is, I mean, it's huge because like I tell recruits all the time, you know, yeah, your muscles are going to grow in the weight room. You're going to walk out. Yeah, they're going to be pumped up. But, you know, they really recover when you rest, when you hydrate, when you eat. And, you know, so that's, that's a constant education from us as uh, strength coaches. And, uh, you know, we, we do our best to kind of set them up for that whether it's making sure we make time for it, programming it into the workout at the end of workouts. Uh, like I said, a recovery day or, um, you know, even, even in the off season, whether it's yoga or, you know, nap time, stuff like that. So it is, it's huge. I mean, you can't, you can't just full throttle train every single day and not have a day to kind of step back and recover and recharge all the batteries and then try to revamp it right back up. So it's, it's huge. Is that big guys, test? Sorry, do you guys use programs like Whoop and and stuff like that? Do you do you see that maybe becoming part of like a sponsorship thing in college sports with the way that the kind of like the Apple Watch, but it tells you like the percentage of recovery that you need and and how much sleep you should be getting. You only got this much, so you need to relax more today. Like I I follow golf a lot, and it's become like this huge thing in golf where people like use it to help them, you know, with how much they're doing, you know, professionals are just walking and, and constantly active that you kind of lose track. Cause you're not necessarily like doing exerting things, but you still need to take time to recover. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, the field is ever, ever changing, ever evolving. And uh, you know, that's one of the challenges is us as strength coaches be on top of those things. Um, you know, we've used a, a bunch of different modalities throughout the years here or rings, um, you know, catapult systems, all kinds of GPS monitoring and all that kind of stuff. Um, Omega wave testing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool because all that stuff, it is it's cool and it gives you a lot of great data. But, uh, you know, we're kind of old school in a way that, you know, the coach's eye will never lie to you. So, you know, again, we're fortunate. We see these kids every single day a lot of time of the year and, you know, we get to know what makes them tick. We get to know, you know, how they uh, interact and how they work every single day. And, um, you know, coach always says, this is the best, you know, your, uh, your mind will be stronger than your body. And, you know, that kind of sounds crazy, but, you know, your body's going to give in at some point, but your mind will always tell you which way to go. So we attack the mind and the heart more than anything, but, you know, no doubt there's a bunch of great things out there that um, are available. Some of them that we use to help enhance what we do. And, uh, you know, but we kind of, uh, we kind of always rely on the, our relationships that we have with the guys and, you know, just our eyes and kind of knowing and having the feel of the team. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you did spend some time at Mississippi state. Am I right? Yes, sir. So tell me, I, I went to an SEC school. Tell me some good. Tell me a good Starkville story, and then 
Did you have big tires on your truck and do you still own any camo? <laughs> Let's see. I still own some camo that I bought down in Starkville. So yes. <laughs> um, when I was an assistant down there, I did not have big tires. I had a, uh, 03 all white Dodge Durango and I drove that thing till it died. Um, let's see some good. So, I mean, Starkville is just, it's a unique place. And I think that's, what, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> it's one way. Of it. uh, you know, I think it's, I think what's crazy is, you know, I've heard and I've seen that it's really changed since when I left there in 2015. And, uh, you know, what, what I can say is, I mean, that, living down there it was a blessing it was awesome you know my uh, wife and I who was my fiance at the time you know we didn't have any kids we're living in a you know two-bedroom fully furnished apartment on a little nine-hole golf course right by the uh, football facility and it was just it was a, a you know a different style of living down there you know you had a bunch of mom and pop you know own restaurants and really good barbecue really good seafood I mean it's the first time I ever ate crawfish in my life. And, you know, my dad and I still talk about it to this day. Like we miss it because he, when he would come down to visit, it's what we would do. We'd go get crawfish. And, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, great, great experiences down there. Obviously it led me to where I'm at today and uh, will forever be thankful to, uh, to the town of Starkville and uh, the state of Mississippi. The old, the old Miss Mississippi state rivalry. I don't think, you know, a lot of people, you know, up, up this way really i mean it, to us it's very it's very similar to like a uc xavier type thing like the two schools are couldn't be dip, more different and they just they are just you know it's everything the egg bowl down there is just everything what was that experience like when you got into it you know for the first your first time in the build-up to like your first egg bowl and how how you felt about all that yeah i mean it, it was it was it was huge down there and uh, I'll never forget it. You know, my first Egg Bowl year was 2013. And that was kind of like, uh, you know, the legend of Dak Prescott was born. Um, you know, he had a little injury and, you know, he wasn't going to play. And we started true freshman at quarterback. And, you know, things are getting kind of close at the end of the line. And Dak, you know, kind of told the coach, like, look, man, I'm good. Let's go. And so he goes in there probably about, you know, who knows, 60, 75 percent wills the team to victory um it was an amazing game amazing atmosphere but um it is it's different down there now i mean um you know i've been a part of a lot of great rivalries in my career and uh that that's one that definitely stands up there but um you know it's uh it's big time man. it's a battle for the state is, is your personality more starkville or more cincinnati <laughs> way more way more cincinnati <laughs> Way more. Way more. So you don't have you don't have that much camo still. That's what you're no. saying. When I say camo, I still have one shirt <laughs> I think I bought at the local Walmart. Uh, on your way out of town? Pretty much, yeah. It was literally like a week before I left to go to Ohio State. <laughs> we, uh, we went camping, my wife and I, with uh, some of the other assistants. And, uh, yeah, so I, was, I felt the need to buy a camo shirt. So what do you – like, obviously – family, kids, all that. What do you like to do when it is your, I mean, I guess anymore, there's not really an off season, but if Brady Collins gets 48 hours to do whatever he wants, what is he doing? 
Oh man, 48 hours to do whatever I want. Um, what, what time of year is it? Let's, let's just say, uh, here, my favorite times of year are spring and fall. So let's say we're like in May when it's just, we're, we're out of winter, but it's not 95 degrees yet. So it's, it's just perfect. So it's, um, I, I love, I love golfing. Oh, nice. You know, again, I don't get to golf as much as <laughs> one would hope, but, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty good at golf. Uh-oh. And uh, we, I enjoy we might have to have a, a match. I would love to have a match. I would love to. Um, you know, Dave, but, don't let Dave fool you. He worked for the PGA. Like, that's fine. That's okay. fine. That's fine. That was a long time ago. And I have not, I don't, that, I don't want him I, to sucker you. I have not played that much golf in a long time. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like, uh, I like playing golf. I love, uh, I love doing that. Um, I'm a big component. Um, I love doing landscape, love mowing the grass, mulching, you know, trimming, edging, doing all those kinds of things. Um, love being outside, love getting, you know, my hands dirty, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean, you said it the best. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when, when I have time off, I love being with the kids. I love being with my wife. Um, you know, just kind of doing, uh, regular things and trying to zone out from all the other stuff. But, um, you know, it's very rare that you get 48 hours off. (laughs) If you didn't go into what you're doing, what do you think you would have done? Oh man, that's a, that's a random one. Um, but that's a good one. Cause I think I've said it before. I think I would probably be like a, I would own my own like landscaping company. I think that's what I would do. Cause I'm very, I'm very detail oriented and I like things to look really good and, you know, so maybe, maybe I would do that. You're, you get in the weight room, you can only do one exercise. What are you picking? Oh man. Like you, like gun to my head. You can only do no, one. Just like, maybe you're like, I need to blow some steam off or something. You go and what's the, where do you go right to? Oh man. Like, so me personally. Yeah. You like, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, squat. You got to squat. There's nothing, uh, there's nothing like putting that bar on your back and squatting, man. I mean, whatever the weight is, you know, again, like we tell our kids, life's going to give you so many stresses and so many things are going to impact you. There's nothing like putting that bar on your back and squatting and releasing some demons. Um, but I would be, I would be uh, wrong to say it if I didn't. The number one thing you got to do is you got to train your neck. You got to do it. Got to train your neck. You need to be like a Takeo Spikes. Uh, yeah, like you could the be biggest biggest neck I've ever seen ever. Yes, no doubt. So, squat saying squats made me think of Squat Fest. You guys do a lot of fun stuff like that. You got DJs yep. coming in to the weight room. Who is the best dancer and the worst dancer on the team? Because I know <laughs> you, I know you see those guys cutting loose in there. Oh yeah. Oh man, best dancer. Let's see. Right now. Oh boy. That's tough. Um, we'll give best dancer award to, oh man, the kids will eat me up, but I have no idea. They will give, they don't listen to this. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) We'll give a best dancer to, from what we've seen, you got to go Michael young, right? He, he looks pretty smooth. He's in the end zone. He's pretty smooth. I'm going to go best dancer is Maje. 
And I'm going to go worst answer is let's go. Mets. Yes, Mets. <laughs> Who thinks they're a good dancer but is actually terrible? Uh, me. Luke Fickle. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't, I don't fancy Luke one to, to do much dancing at all. He's a TikTok star. We don't, we don't, you know, our dancing is pretty much just fist bumps in the air and hanging from pipes and yeah. other people. What and is some, sometimes maybe we set off an occasional, you know, fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, what are the, what's on your iPod or your Spotify playlist right now? What are you, what are you listening to? Oh man, I am a, uh, a music aficionado. My, my range is ridiculous. So obviously when, you know, workouts are going, we got, you know, today's hip hop and whoever the hottest rapper is and all that stuff. It's, it's bumping. Um, Selfishly. I love uh, 80s rock. I love uh, 90s alternative. Um, Big uh, Nirvana, Dave Matthews, um, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, Metallica, all those things. But I'll take it even back. Some of my go-tos are uh, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love me some Led Zeppelin, some Def Leppard. Um, I, I got a, I got a wide range, man. I could, I can chill to any vibe, and obviously, I love some country too. So, so, the- so I, I've got two artists that I primarily listen to. I'll, I'll get your take. Okay. Jack, Jack White. Okay. Are, are you a Jack White guy? White Stripes, the Raconteurs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Seven Nation Army. I know it. Yep. And then Outcast, Big Outcast guy. Nothing wrong with Outcast. I, I, I remember buying that album my sophomore year of uh, high school, you know, Hey Ya and all that. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So the players, you know, they're all, they got their, their earbuds in or headphones on before a game. Does Brady Collins have a song he listens to right before he runs out on the field? <laughs> I used to when I was a player. Yes, it was always. What, okay, what was that when when you played? What what was you what were you listening to right before games? It was ACDC Thunderstruck. Nice, like because that would Varsity that Blues. Would, that would yep, that would amp me up, and I was ready to roll. Um, that or Phil Collins in the air tonight. You know, you got to kind of. But out the calm before the storm as we like the, the, the drum solo man it gets ev- gets everybody fired up but uh i would say a go-to for us that has been a staple uh for a lot of games a lot of years here is uh meek mill um we play that right before we go out the uh, hold up wait a minute song the name's escaping me right now but uh it's uh it's a go-to for us your honest thoughts on the third down song uh, if it was louder, I would be all about it. <laughs> it was louder. Try standing next, right next to the speaker the whole time at higher ground. You get. You, oh, well, hey. You wake up to that in, in your in your head at four o'clock in the morning. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about on game day. If oh, it was, yeah. I would be all about it because, um, I mean, the let's face it, our kids feed off that. It's, it's kind of like the Pavlov's. Uh, <laughs> dog i mean you know yeah we pump it at practice we pump it you know at camp and it does it sets a tone i mean when they hear that they know oh shit okay here we go it's third down let's i don't know how it happened but i was driving one day with 
my son in the car and it came on and he loves it. He started laughing hysterically and <laughs> thinks it's like the funniest, greatest song ever. I'm like, oh, this is not good. Wow, you <laughs> had PTSD. You were shaking in the, the car. The 20, 20 month old thinks that this song from The Purge is awesome. Hey, that means he's our type of kid then. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I've... I've I've got through all my rapid fire ones. Chad, do you have anything else for Brady tonight? Oh, I mean, I I can talk to Brady about all kinds of stuff. He, but I know he he's he's going to be coy about practice details. I just like so, to, I like digging into the to the person and and getting the getting the interesting nuggets. <laughs> uh, I'll ask him. I'll ask him something from practice today. There you go. Uh, Tyler Scott, future yes. star. Yes, hundred percent. Look, there are there were a lot of struggles getting open today, not not because of anything other than that secondary and the linebackers were on their game today. But Tyler Scott found ways to get open and and make plays, and uh, I think he has a breakout season ahead of him. He's, he's an unbelievable kid, um, you know, played a little bit last year, flashed a little bit. And, uh, again, one of those kids, you know, obviously testament to the coaches, they recruited the right ones right right there. I mean, obviously we do with all of them, but, you know, he works his butt off. He's an absolute grinder. Um, a huge testament to, you know, all the whiteouts because, you know, they're going to obviously set the tone and the culture in their room, and he abides by that and obviously takes it. Um, I know him and Trey Tucker are real close. They're almost like brothers. They always compete in everything. Um, you know, the big thing with Trey was when he got here, he he set the record for the 40-yard dash. And then, you know, about a month ago, well, Trey beat him. So, you know, they, they got Tyler that competitive. Yeah, no, Tyler set the record, and then Trey beat him. Oh. Yes. So, oh. very special stuff there, but – uh yeah, very proud of Tyler. He's a great kid, works his butt off. Um, you know, again, it's going to be a fun and uh, challenging situation to find ways to get him the ball. And, again, there was a throw the other day Des made, and he caught it and turned it up, and nobody was catching him. And yeah. it was kind of because Des kind of looked at me, and I was like, I don't think we've had that too much since we've been here. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I will tell you, he did his first on-camera interview today and uh, left a, a big impression. He, he was usually the, the young guys. You got to work with them a little bit and get them, yeah. get them worked up uh, into being, you know, a good interview later in their career. Uh, I, I marked Tyler Scott down as a guy. I would have no problem uh, requesting for another on-camera interview uh, right away. So uh, I was, I was very impressed with him. That's awesome. That's Testament to him, testament to the guys, you know, in his receiver room and no doubt the way he was raised. Cause like I said, he's a great kid, man. Great kid. Is there, is there anybody through four practices that's kind of surprised you? Uh, it's been really good to see blue Smith, you yeah. know, healthy, healthy and kicking ass. Um, you know, again, my, my eyes are kind of always on the O-line D line. Uh, you said his name earlier, Eric Phillips. He's, he's jumping out. Um, let's see, uh, Beavers, Beavers looks really good. Des looks really good. 
uh, Wiley and Lenny look great. Um, you know, Alec, we, we got, we got, we got a fun look at something today, which was sauce and Wiley down well, yeah. the sideline. I heard, trust me, I heard about it because Ahmad came up to me talking all about it. So he, Ahmad got him. Ahmad got the length in there and broke up the pass. But that, I, I would, <laughs> I would pay to watch that one over and over again. That was a fun one to see. Yes, it was. Um, hopefully we get a couple more of those because pretty sure Josh, Josh will want a little revenge. <laughs> Pierce, Pierce, you, you were, you were going on Pierce. I, I, yeah. He it, looks good. Great. I mean, again, we're just kind of being, you know, taking caution with him. Um, you know, he's fully, fully rehabbed. Um, shoulders great. He looks great, moves well, um, you know, but just kind of not putting him out there during all the uh, live session stuff, just, you know, just to be extra safe with him. But, you know, he's working his butt off and looking really good and doing a great job of leading, um, you know, when he's not out there full go. How much does all of this depth that has been developed allow you to kind of spot rest guys, you know, vet days, uh, you know, as, as they're kind of known uh, and really not have to worry about it because maybe it's good. Like maybe it's good to, to see what Todd Bumpus looks like or Jaquan Shepard looks like with the first team uh, and, and give Kobe a, a breather or give sauce a breather and, and up and down the defensive line and, um, we saw today a couple of the, uh, the pups getting some looks in the, in the, at safety with, uh, Armorian Smith and, and, uh, Brian threats and, um, who else is back there today? There's somebody else back there today. Uh, oh, uh Malik Rainey in the slot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's gotta be a nice luxury to know we can give these guys a little breather and, and we're, it's not going to, it's not going to negatively impact the quality of practice. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, the coolest thing about that is too, when we, you know, kind of try to do those with certain guys, they don't want that, you know, the coach right. why, out there. Why, and it's like, dude, man, like, so it's, you know, that's, that's the best thing in the world when you got to really pull kids back because they just want to go, 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 go. But also, you know, we, we have to develop those guys. We have to put them into situations. You know, a, a Jaquan Shepard, um, a, uh, you know, whoever else out there needs to get out there with the ones to go against those guys because, let's face it, maybe in a game something happens and you got to be out there. You can't just always get, you know, reps with the one Bs to the twos. So, you know, Coach, Coach Fick does a great job of, you know, empowering the assistants and motivating them to put those guys in certain situations to, you know, not only get that opportunity, but to put it on film so that they can learn, they can grow. Um, you know, that's, that's the only way you're going to get better at this game is you have to practice, you have to rep it. And uh, like I said, that's the hardest thing with a lot of guys, because when you do try to pull them back and kind of give them a little breather, they don't want that because they want to keep getting better. They want to keep practicing. Um, but it is, it's, it's been really, uh, you know, unique, for us, because it's kind of, you know, the first time we've been in this position where we have so much coming back and so much depth and all that stuff. But, you know, we have to develop everybody on the whole entire roster in one way or the other. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a fun little puzzle to put together. I am, I am trying to show as much restraint as possible, <laughs> but I've, I've seen two practices 
And I want to dub Armorian Smith the next great Cincinnati defensive back because you talk about looking the part. I don't know where he's at yet in development and probably nowhere close, but that kid is, uh, was produced in a laboratory to play safety. <laughs> he was, he, uh, when he came in, he looked like a young Hicksy. And, um, you know, I'll never forget it. He got here, um, you know, fresh, you know, Mich- he's from Michigan. So yeah. they played, you know, all their football in the spring. And he literally played, you know, in the uh, state semifinals or whatever it was. And then like two days later, he was here. And I'll never forget, he introduced himself to the team. He's like, guys, I'm just so happy to be here. So happy to be a Bearcat. And it was just kind of like one of those things you're like, man, this kid's a good kid. And again, He's come in, put his head down, worked, kept his mouth shut, uh, done all the right things. And he, I mean, he put on 20 pounds, like, like, I mean, as easy as you can blink. And, you know, so very proud of him, very excited to see what the future holds for him. And, uh, you know, he's got great people in that room to help push him and lead him and show him the way. And, and threats looks like a little firecracker. Yes. Threats is awesome. (laughs) it was funny. I was talking to some of uh, some of the guys today and I'm like, you know, threats has got everything you want. I mean, he plays hard. He goes, he's got that, you know, that just ball player skill mentality to him. And uh, you know, as it's our job as coaches and the position coaches and all that stuff to fine tune things, because you would much rather have someone that plays, you know, like a bat out of hell and is going to, you know, hit that gap fast or boom, boom, boom. And, you know, so he's, he's looking really good. All right, Dave, I'm good. You? One, one more. I love it. I set the over-under at three and a half Bearcats drafted next month. Next month? April, yeah, end of, end, oh, okay. of April, end of April. Three and a half. Three and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? Well, you know me. I'm selfishly always going to go with the guy, so I'm going to go over. Um you know, I mean, Des is getting drafted. No, no, like in a month. Oh, in a month. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. a low number for next year. No, yeah, yeah in a month. Next, next year, you better, you better. Yeah. Almost, well, I mean, who knows double. who's going to be? In, I mean, we could think you might need two pro days like Alabama next year. You got so many guys you know, in the draft. You're right. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'm always going to take the over. I'm always going to go to bat for our guys. Um, you know, selfishly, I think. They can all play at the next level in some some which way, you know, capacity, um, you know, and I, I can't wait to see all those guys on pro day. I can't wait to, you know, give them a hug. And, you know, I, I've kept in touch with a lot of them, see how their training's going and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, the one thing is whoever does get drafted, that's awesome. Whoever doesn't, it's not the end all be all because all you need is for one team to take a chance on you and knowing the judge and the character of our guys, and, you know, the way they work and all that stuff, I mean, they're going to make a team, you know. So I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Extremely proud of those guys. But uh, no doubt I would take the over. When is there – is there pro day coming up? Wednesday. Yep. Wednesday. Next, yep. Cool. So a week from yesterday. I found sure. that out today. I hadn't had a chance to <laughs> to let that out there yet. But Well, you yeah, need it. I plan on it. There you go. There you go. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, to see some, some results from, from that. 
from what I've heard, the boys are looking really, really good. I really want to see what James' forty time is. Wigan or uh, uh, Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, James Smith. Hundred forty time is crucial. I mean, I'll tell you right now, cares <laughs> what James Smith runs. Does he even run? Like, I mean, do punters even run? When we tested him, he ran really, really well. We'll put it at that. I uh, I, I got the. I also today found out, or yet Tuesday found out why Fick talked about uh, the rake growing uh, every week because he is perpetually in that stance to catch the football. Yes, he has to be. But he does. You got to get his shoulder like when he's when he's normal. It looks like he's ready to catch a, a snap. How much yeah. does a long snapper have to adjust, like where they snap it for a guy that's that tall? Like you can't, um, be, you can't be snapping it low to a six-seven punter. No, you know I think uh, I think that's a, a Coach Brian Mason question there. But uh, you know the rake, as everybody likes to deem him, Mason Fletcher. He's done a great job. He's put on a, a lot of mass. And that's crazy to sound because he still looks skinny, but he was extremely skinny when he got to us. And, uh, you know, he's doing a great job. He's booming the ball, which let's face it. That's all that matters, Yep. but we'll continue to enhance him and develop him and put on good weight and make him stronger and, um, have a great year for us. Chad, you got anything else? No, I think I'm done. You, you are dismissed, sir. I wait. Can you at least like wave? On Saturday, on Saturday I, of course. I, I, I missed you today. I, no, I will come. Well, the other day you were up there in the stands and, you know, I don't That's know why. That's my office. Was yeah, you should just, just come down. It's all good. Uh, you but, uh, you uh, see practice so much better looking down where you can watch. Like I was able to watch seven on seven and O-line D-line. That's true. At the same time. The, if I'm down on the field, Saturday? I have to pick. Saturday? Practice Saturday, Nippert Stadium, it well, looks like, seven seventy two and sunny. I'll come hang out with Brady. You can stay up in the stands and cover we're not. It. We're not allowed past the first row of the stands. Oh. So then so you I, go. Well, I like to see. I like <laughs> to watch. I like to see what's going on across the field. I like to look at different things. I like to – like I, I watched for a while uh, how James Tunstall was handling – uh, either Malik Van or my Jay Sanders. Uh, that's where I saw. Uh, uh, I don't know big, if anyone handle my Jay Sanders. No, that's where I saw Big Juan almost into life. There you go, like, Big Juan. I got I, it. I, <laughs> I, I like the view from mid, like, so they have Dave, they have the, the, the cutout section, the handicap section right there yeah. on the 50 yard line. Yeah. And I sit right there. Yeah. And I like that view. If I'm not, I would prefer to be on the field, Brady. I would prefer that. Hey. But I'm not we, allowed on the field. We can make that happen. I, you, you do what you can. But if I'm not allowed on the field, I'm going to sit up in my office and watch practice from there. Well, I'll make, I'll make sure I, I give a nice little wave to you. Right. All right. I can deal <laughs> with that. All right. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. No problem, guys. Thanks, Brady. Guys, take care. All right. That's Brady Collins joining us for his uh, bi-weekly segment, but this time on the BCJ podcast instead of the BBP. Um, 
I guess I have to address what I put on the board today. Tonight. What did you put on the board? Um, on the, on the, on the basketball side of things. Uh, I have, I have heard from uh, a couple different, you know, people, coaches around the college basketball world that, that are hearing or have heard that, that there will be a new coach at Cincinnati. That is not what I'm reporting. It is not, uh, really anything I can confirm at this point, but I think it is something that's relevant that that conversation is going around the country and relevant enough to pass on to our members. So that's what I did. I mean, just look at it at face value. The season ended how many days ago? Uh, whatever. I mean, a, a week from I work Sunday will be two weeks. And so minus three, players 11, tra- 11 days players transferred. Yeah. That happens. Several, several. Yeah. There was a lot of discussion about the reasons we, and we have not heard one word from anybody at UC. I would Correct. think, I would think just me, if you were moving forward with John Brandon as your coach, you would, make a statement to say that coach and I have met, we have discussed what's transpired since the end of the season, yada, yada, yada. I mean, whatever, however you want to put it, does that not make at least a little bit of sense to you that that would happen? I mean, that would be uh, logical. I mean, like if, if you're not going to say anything, I guess you could play it off as there's nothing to say, but or I'm not exactly feeling it that way. Um, why would why would you not say anything? Right. Why, no. Why would you not say? Because anything? you're you're either doing your due due diligence further, which still you could still say something. I'm doing my due diligence. I did not like the way that the season ended. What was said about our you know about our head coach? I'm trying to find out more truth. You know, but again, yada, yada, yada. You could still say something. Unless, uh, unless you're being told not to. Unless you're being told not to. Unless Bye. you're seeing if you can, seeing what the interest would be in your position. If you were to hypothetically make a move, uh, you could be seeing what the uh, booster temperature is, hypothetically. I- I don't, I don't believe that is happening. If you were thinking about making a move. I uh, believe if uh, that was happening, I would have caught wind of it. Right. You could be hypothetically looking into if you have any ground to remove your coach with cause. So in order to not have to pay a buyout, hypothetically, which would involve uh, hypothetically would involve some sort of legal counsel, which is the type of people that tell you not to speak, right? Hypothetically. Hypothetically. I'm not saying. I'm just just piecing saying. things together. I'm just my my whole thing is it's there's been plenty of time to. You don't have to have a press conference to just put out a, a statement. 
John's our guy. We're moving forward. Or you could, you could say, I'm still working on things. As of today, John's our guy. But to say absolutely nothing kind of says everything to me. I don't disagree. So <clears throat> that's kind of where we're at. I, I, like I said, I'm not reporting that he's, he's gone. I'm not saying that he's gone. I'm saying over 15 years, I have developed a lot of friends. More enemies. And, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, enemies like on Twitter, sure. I'm kidding. Professionally, people gen- generally like me. And probably not some. Don't, don't really know you that well. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. You've been here for how long? You haven't quit yet. You pay. You pay very well. <laughs> for now, what you do now everybody knows we've reached the bullshit portion of the podcast <laughs> for what you do i pay very well you are correct <laughs> um hey I so do, yeah i, I do mean, a lot more engage fan engagement than some people fair um so that's where we're at like i i don't have a concrete answer one way or another whether those uh, talks that are going on around college basketball are correct. But I thought as a rumor, they were worthy of, of passing along because those well, everybody thing. talks. The other thing too, like everybody talks, but it's kind of like what we've said with like the Gavin Winsat situation. Like if you start hearing the same thing from more and more people, Right. You know, maybe it is true. Like, it's one thing to hear it from, like, we're not going to say who we're hearing it exactly from, but like, these people wouldn't be talking about this if they didn't feel comfortable saying it. Like, they got better things to do. Right. Well, and, and you have to remember, in, in the college basketball world at this time of year, everybody's positioning. You know, positioning at, at their location, positioning if, if locations open up, positioning if so-and-so gets a job here, maybe I can yeah, I mean, it's just improve like my status. The football silly season, like, you could be angling for something and then, oh, shit, this job just opened? Yeah, I ain't interested right. in your job anymore. And here's the thing. The nature of only having three bench assistants and a head coach the basketball world is much smaller and those guys all know each other from being out, being at AAU events, being, you know, coaches conventions, like that world is very small. And if you think about it, there's what a th- un- under a thousand assistant coaches in the country. And when you, when you parse it down to guys that are actually like coaching at the high major level, it's like 250 yeah. assistant coaches. Like that's, that's a small net, man. That's, that's not a whole lot of people in the grand scheme of things. So those people talk. And I think at least in this context, did I think it was something to share when it was one? No. When it, when it grows, and you start hearing it from multiple places. Well, and 
part of it too, and you've probably done more of this now that you've been hearing it, but like, we weren't like hunting for this information. Right. They it's, were, it's found they were me. coming, calling you and saying, right. these people are hearing this or this guy, like I'm hearing this or this coach told me he's, he's hearing this. Like, it wasn't like when we need to do a coaching, like when we're actually doing a coaching search and we're trying to find out who's being interviewed, who the top candidates are like, and you're calling out for information. Like we had no reason to be calling out. Right. It reached out to me. And then when it became more than one and it grew, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to share that. That's, that's not a random occurrence. I don't think. No, there's nothing random about this at all. Right. So maybe it ends up being wrong. It could be. Oh, it, it could. I, I could absolutely see it and not being come to fruition. But it's something that, you know, this, this isn't like Jimmy Booster 263, you know, dropped a, a something in my in my DMs, DMs right <laughs> my cousin's wife's orthodontist uh cleaned so-and-so's teeth the other day right. and they were talking <laughs> these sources are respected and connected in the the coaching world well, and so too, every day now that goes on with right with, with nothing i mean because i mean are we going to get a friday news dump if we don't get a friday news dump are, there, are we really going to hear anything Saturday or Sunday? And, that, and then we're going into a third week of, of nothing. Right. And I'm sure John wants to know what the hell's going on. Like, one way or the other. Like, that's not, you know, say what you will. That's not fair to him either. To just sit here and not have any damn idea what the hell's going on. I don't, I mean, you can want him to be removed but you can and still say like that's not right right i mean here we go <laughs> oh man ready, it's ready, been are you ready for another membership jump i mean there's there's nothing there's nothing that grows business like a hot board Dave. like a hot board Hot board, hot board. What you gonna do? <laughs> uh, not not exactly how I. Would. Who would, who would have thought we'd have like possibly have three hot board or two, at least two, I guess, two hot boards for basketball in the amount of time that we've right? had football, <laughs> since we've had our last football hot board. Right. <laughs> two basketball and an AD. <laughs> My have things changed in Clifton? We did, we did a defensive coordinator hotboard. <laughs> well, as, as, as me and my Tennessee friends, well, until Rick Barnes flamed out again, we were like, we're a basketball school anyway. Uh, <laughs> apparently now we're a football school. Boys we are. <laughs> we are a football school. No questions asked. And it has been awesome to be back at spring practice and watching football again because oh, I'm, I'm i'm ready to i'm ready to go saturday that's for sure dave that defense is oh, terrifying it up, is man it is one of those things to watch where like 
you know, I've been doing this, like I would say five, six years ago when I, when I was getting in the position to take over for Tim, which actually like six, seven years ago now, because I took over for Tim, uh, spring football, 2016. And so we're, we're, we're at five years now that I've been doing this as the, the main guy football wasn't like overly my thing, but you get, you know, you get around enough. You, you, you talk to people enough, you talk to, you know, you, you talk ball with guys like Marcus Freeman and Mike Dembrock and like, I'm big on like, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Right. Cause I think that's the best way to learn is to like, I think I'm seeing this. Am I, or am I an idiot? Right. <laughs> right. Or does it just look good because I don't know what I'm actually looking at? Right. Right. That's why I ask those. That's why I present those questions. Well, like how nice? I mean, how nice is it that you actually get to ask those questions? It's phenomenal. Because like, but, but no one else gets to do that anywhere else around the country. <laughs> right. And it's you know that that for me that's that's learning. And when what I'm watching now, I'm watching good offense just be wiped out, like. 65% of the time for, for no fault of their own other than, you know, they're, they're still figuring out where everything connects on the offensive line. But, uh, who, I mean, we've seen two days and one day was just dominated by the defensive line on Tuesday. And then today was dominated by the DBs and linebackers. And there was just other than other than Tyler Scott, there was a Chris Scott sighting today. There we go. On the outside, number eighty, giving them uh, you know, hopefully another guy with some size. Blue Smith has been solid the past two days. Uh, looking like you know a guy that that'll be in that second wave. I think you're looking at you know your your first wave of receivers is going to be Pierce and Tyler Scott and Michael Young. And Trey Tucker uh, in his role. And then that battle for what's behind them between Jordan Jones and now Blue Smith and Chris Scott. And, you know, you're, you're, you're working some young guys up that food chain that they've got some talent. But, boy, that talent has not had a fun time trying to find open space. Well, I think you know, <laughs> that's, the, that's the interesting thing with spring practice this specific year in just that the defense was so good last year and you know because I, every the, account should be better this year because of the situation has added players that you would not have expected them to add retained add whatever you know you whatever we're going to use they're going up against an offense that is still going to be very good but is breaking in you know the two the two positions that in the spring can impact the most. Yeah. Leave, sh show your weaknesses the most or quarterback. If you're breaking a new quarterback and the tackle positions, well, they're breaking in new tackles and not just against any defense. I mean, a top five defense that is, that returns players that, you know, in a normal year wouldn't be there. So I'm almost throwing that like, 1v1's dynamic away and almost more looking to just like watch the younger guys because I don't, you know, like you said, 
Like, I don't know how the offense really generates anything against this defense right now with tackles in their second and third practices <laughs> as like starting, starting players. And I'm sure they'll get better as it goes on and they'll have their moments, but like, it's just a wave of, of all conference players on defense, no matter who's in there. So I'm almost more interested to just kind of watch Evan Prater or the young receivers, or like you mentioned, um, Amarion Smith or like Deary McDonald or the court, like the young, the Shepard and Justin Harris and Sammy Anderson, because like those guys, we have to start. Todd Bumpus goes in that list. Todd, because right, Todd, I, just, I was just, you know, spouting yeah, names off or whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm more interested in watching them because like, I know next year they're going to just take it. They're going to have to take a big jump because like, the good thing about the COVID, and there's no good thing, but like the the good thing about the COVID year is that these guys had the chance to come back. The bad thing is you're going to have a bigger exodus at one time than you would have had normally. So you're now going to be relying on, you know, unproven guys to not just step in, but I mean, you're going to, we're going to be expecting them to produce. Right. And not have this like massive drop off. So I'm interested in watching probably for the first time ever, like more interested in watching some of the younger guys than Dave, I am, than I am the starters and whatnot. Dave, you know what yes. my biggest takeaway from these, these two days has been? What's that? The notebook no longer goes down when the third team comes on the field. You mean I can't take a break anymore? Uh, you can, if you'd like, but you're going to want to watch. <laughs> like, yeah, they got they got four they got four stars on the third team. That's new. And That's new, because, and not yeah, you know, not because not because they they're flameouts, right? Not because they're flameouts and and weren't worth their rating, but because there's that many guys that they have to jump or compete with. For jump, I don't time. even think is the right word for playing, but yeah, compete with for playing time. I, I've been. Really, really impressed with Jaheim Thomas. And right no now, he's, go, there's just no for him to go. He's bouncing back and forth between the second and third team, depending on who they're getting reps. You know, is Jaheim getting reps that day, or is uh, Wilson Huber getting the reps with the two that day? Is David Jones getting the reps that day, or is uh, Brody Ingle getting the reps with the twos that day? And Dave, our Morion yeah. Smith brother. I know we we talked we talked about him earlier. Armorion Smith. I just I, hey sometimes just, I'm just right. Sometimes Michigan, you're right. Just another Michigan kid that gets out of the state of Michigan. I mean, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. But sometimes you look down on the field with the kid and 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 you watch him. He had a play today where he came up from from playing deep safety and made a tackle on a on a checkdown that he blew the kid up and he got up and I was like 27. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> there, there's been a couple times like in individual drills where they do their tackling drills where I've watched him like drop his hips and explode into a, a ball, a ball carrier. And it's like that, that looks like a guy that's going to play a lot of really good football for this university over the next four or five years. 
So, and and they said, I mean, they brought him and and, and threats in to compete for those backup safety jobs as as early enrollees. They're getting that chance. So, you know. All right. I think that's about all I got. You got anything else? No, I, I think uh, I think I'm good. Did you did you get what you wanted from Brady? You yeah, had been was, waiting for that. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, you guys get him every other week, so I mean, I know you're gonna hit the uh, you know what's the latest with the the team and and things like that. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of you know talk more about Brady himself, get to know him. A little bit you know what his likes are what you know just some rant some fun some fun questions about about the team right sorry posting some things on the message board yeah. that thread has uh has multiplied uh exponentially in the, <laughs> in as, as, the one, as one might assume as uh as we were doing this podcast so i'm gonna get this this published and get back to you know doing the things that i do you can hear me tomorrow if you're you know friday three to six on espn 1530 and uh i am i am on the air through primary news dump season I'm, i promise i won't text you while you're on the air this time that would be appreciated it wasn't that you were there was like five texts there was like two you didn't have to read them bzz, 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 bzz. <laughs> well two. as i replied to you then you sent more like we were having a conversation reply? <laughs> i was talking on the radio but clearly we're able to reply at the same time no i was replying with my voice <laughs> on the radio <laughs> and you were texting me as if we were having a conversation <laughs> so i just had you on yeah. Luckily, we missed a will meltdown by yeah. like 90 seconds. That would, that would not have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he was upset that you weren't on the radio anymore. Yeah, he knew that was that, that was your some, big moment. Something like that. Although the only thing Will is accustomed to is hearing my voice while he's in the car. Oh, on the way home. <laughs> All right, man, that wraps it up. Get out to the Holy Grail this weekend. Watch the Sweet 16. Saturday and Sunday, Elite Eight on Monday and Tuesday. And uh, we'll be back next week. We've, we've had a couple good weeks of shows. We have to find something, I'm sure. Who knows where we're at by this time next week, next Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, Who knows? We'll have a virtual visit weekend to talk about, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a commitment. All right, that's going to wrap it up. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.